0: Esther is the founder and president of Leadership Story Lab, where she coaches managers in storytelling techniques. She teaches in the executive education programs at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management and the University of Zurich's Department of Quantitative Business Administration. She's also the author of the newly released book, Let the Story Do the Work. Esther, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about who you are and maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not working.
1: Well, I, uh, first and foremost, uh, the uh, biggest recent addition to uh, what I like to, how I like to introduce myself, I guess, is uh, an author. Uh, I, my first book just came out a couple of weeks ago. It's called Let the Story Do the Work. Um, I have always been an aspiring writer, um, but first and foremost, I'm a story nerd. Uh, love all things um, directly or indirectly related to storytelling. I do it at work. I do it at home. I do it with my kids. I do it with my friends. Uh, I think this is just... Um, the, it's it's who we are, um, and when I'm not doing storytelling or writing and working on my book and stuff, um, I am uh, I have been trying to relearn German for the sixth time in the past twenty years. Wow. Uh,
0: I would like to learn a second language for the first time (laughs) It's hard It is, well I agree I I had uh, French when I was in high school and college and I don't know. I can remember a few words, but that's just—I don't know. I guess my mind just doesn't work that way. So that's
1: that's impressive. <laughs> I'm sure it is 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 uh, all packed in a tight file, hidden somewhere in your brain, just waiting to be activated.
0: <laughs> well, if you say so, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not convinced. <laughs> You know, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So I would love to focus on your business journey as we get this conversation kicked off. Tell us how long have you been coaching and what really led you to get into it in the first place?
1: Well, uh, in some way, is um, serendipity, and in some way, I feel like I've always meant to be a coach. Um, formally, I started coaching when I was in college. Um, I went to uh, University of uh, California at Santa Barbara, and I... Um, my sophomore year, I had my eyes locked on um, this particular job. It's called orientation staff. Uh, but at UCSB, uh, beyond giving tours to new students and their families, um, orientation staff actually had the very important responsibility of um, doing ap- academic advising. Coaching. Um, so I was hooked on that immediately. Um, the people I liked in college, other than my classmate and friends, um, the sort of the, the real adults in college, um, they all seemed to be doing something that was, that's related to coaching, working with people, uh, helping them grow and i just felt like that is such a natural part of life i just couldn't believe that these people actually get paid uh <laughs> that they could make a living um out of doing what seemed to be very something that is supposed to be a very natural part of life um so that's how i got started um i switch i finished my um economics major but did nothing with it, um, went into a master's degree program and, uh, began my journey in, um, advising and coaching primarily, uh, college-age students. Um, I did that for nine years, went to business school and then stumbled upon storytelling. And so I've had this one continuous line, uh, with coaching. Although I've shifted my, um, client space, uh, from one particular demographic to another, but central to the past now <laughs> over 20 years, um, uh, my career, uh, is, is coaching. Everybody knows
0: that starting up. A business can have a lot of ups and downs and no matter what people's journey is it seems like everyone has a story to tell about you know how they got started and maybe just a low point along the way so could you share with us just a disappointment that you experienced when you were getting
1: your coaching business going sure um there were so many um i guess the uh the biggest one, one of the biggest one and also, uh, had still it's, it's left a big impression on me, um, is because I wasn't expecting it. Um, in 2013 and part of 2014, um, things were particularly slow. Um, phone wasn't ringing. Email wasn't coming in. And, uh, and that, came right after a phenomenal year in 2012. Mm. Now, I started my business at in, officially in the fall of 2010. So merely, you know, a little bit over a year, I had a phenomenal year. So I really didn't have any other script to go with other than hey, this thing is working out great. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to have, you know, one phenomenal year after another. And then, you know, came 2013. Everything, at least to me, just seemed like it went silent. Hmm. Um, it's not the same as rejection, right? Because then even if it's a uh, nasty rejection, is still feedback. But in silence, um you don't hear anything. You don't get what's happening uh so i started questioning well something wrong with me or something you know the you know what i offer isn't relevant anymore do i sting uh what's (laughs) going on and uh so during that time um i uh didn't know this at the you know while I was going through that low point. Um, but I created a ton of content and materials that later on became the book, um, that just, uh, got released, released. Um, but at the time, um, I just thought that, well, this is like something terrible and, you know, in, in some way it was, uh, but, then something good actually was beginning to grow out of this quiet period. Uh, it's just that at the time, I think I probably had a much harder time with it than I really needed to, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and so now I realize that, you know, starting from, I guess, the second half of 2014, um, I you know, emails start started coming in, phones started to ring again. And so now I have a fuller, a longer script. Now I know that there's ups and there's downs. And sometimes there's just no rhyme or reason, uh, except that that's also another natural part of life is that there's you you know there's ups and downs just like any good story um so uh when you're going through down the down isn't doesn't tend to be as bad as we perceive it to be and neither was the up uh is ever as good as we think it is that's true Now
0: you said that during that downtime, you used that time to maybe not intentionally, but what ended up happening is you used the time to create a lot of content and then that evolved at some point into your book. So can you tell us, you know, during this time when you were taking this consistent action, you were creating all this content, you know, when you look back on it now, was there a particular point when you started to get that momentum back? Or was it just sort of like a a slow climb back up?
1: Um, for the most part, it was a slow climb back up. Um, although, again, you know, with the benefit of hindsight and a fuller script about how uh, my coaching journey um, has been like, you know, it's really, I would say, 15 months, you know, at the most, Mm -hmm. uh, what's, you know, let's say 18 months, right. You know, it's, it's a year and a half in a long journey. It's barely a blip. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so even though it fell at the time really slow, um, but good things takes time to cultivate, Mm -hmm. Um, we're used to in this day and age, you know, instant gratification, instant feedback, instant response, instant everything. Um, but you know, with all the technology in our hand and, you know, at our disposal, it doesn't change the fact that some, you know, good contents just takes time. Um, so I would just wish I had been more patient, uh, with myself and with this process you know, a lot of
0: times, as we're building up a business, we'll set goals for ourselves. And then that's really kind of how we'll measure our success. Like, okay, I'm going to say that I'm, I want to set these three goals for this year. And if I can reach those goals, then I'm going to say that that year has been a good one. So what would you say has been your favorite achievement so far in your business? Hmm.
1: Um, how much time do we have again? we got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to say about this, but I I'll, I'll try to be again brief and brilliant. Okay, so um to um answer your question directly, what are some of my favorite goals that I've reached um in setting up this business? Um I think the number one will have to be um this book. Um, it it took a lot out of me. It uh, took a lot of support from friends and families and colleagues, and it took a long time and it took some luck as well. And because I've always fancied myself as a writer since I was a little girl. Um, and, uh, so if you think about from, the time when I was a little girl and daydream about being an author till now, uh, I finally have my first book. Uh, so that has definitely been, I would call it the culmination, the high point of my career. Um, and then, uh, the second, uh, goal I would say I, uh, uh, have achieved that I'm extremely proud of, um, is, uh, teaching. Um, I, uh, teach informally, I I teach, you know, within my own practice, I I teach seminars, I gave talks, um, and I also, uh, teach, um, it, the, uh, executive education program at Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University, uh, that is also my amamada um i um obviously think very highly of it i enrolled myself um i graduated from that program and um and just being able to be in very selective um a program um, that, has, that has these incredible high-quality content and learning and teaching experience has just been um, something that I, am, I will hold on to it until they kick me out, um, hopefully, you know, no time soon. <laughs> um, and then I think my third goal, and this is related to... You know why I can talk about this topic for hours and days on end and that is I actually have long given up on goals or setting up goals and that sounds counterintuitive because mm-hmm. even um during the phase of my career that I when I did set out to I set goals and then I set out to, 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 to work towards it and, and, try to accomplish it. Um, oftentimes things, different things happen, you know, that is, you know, surprises out of my control, good, you know, other opportunities that I didn't realize I had. Um, so, um, maybe to say that I have completely given it up, it's uh exaggeration um I think I've learned to set sort of a approximate direction, and that this is where I like to go, mm-hmm. but I leave the um uh, you know precise outcome um open um because this number one benefit upside to this is that it keeps my eyes open to, um, other opportunities, you know, even again, during my slow period where I had set a goal to, you know, achieve this particular level of revenue or serve this many clients, blah, blah, blah. Um, that just didn't happen. But, then I ended up with all the, you know, all these content, right? At the time that I didn't know what to do with. Um, but then in times I knew this turned into a book, which has been a lifetime dream of mine. Um, so I, uh, have the, the, the third goal I would say is that I've, um, Want to always make sure that I work with people and that includes people on my team, um, clients, colleagues, collaborator. Um, I want to surround myself, immerse myself with a group of people who have collectively have qualities that I aspire to have myself. And I leave the particular outcome, um, you know, and that's typically how we kind of tend to define goals. I tend to leave that flexible and open. I only know the direction, um, but I'm not flexible about the people I surround myself.
0: Well, I'd like to talk a little bit about the book. The book is Let the Story Do the Work, and I'd like to talk a little bit about how you feel that coaches could use your book to really improve their business. I'm just looking through the, the chapters and in part three, it's using your own story to build credibility and connection. And I would love it if you could talk to us just a little bit about how, how you think coaches could use that to really make a difference in their business and in their impact. Sure.
1: Well, let me deliver the bad news first and then I'll, uh, Um, I promise I'll turn it around with the good news that that that, that really matters. Um, The bad news is that, you know, no matter what is it that we do, what we offer, no matter how much we believe in it, um, uh, that it is truly unique and special. In someone else's eyes, there is a perfect substitution for it. In fact, there are probably a ton of perfect substitutions for something that we believe is truly special and unique and superior. Um so coaching is no different. Um when um I was at the uh, I was working as an admissions officer at the University of Chicago Business School, um this is sort of the 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 biggest reality check that I walk away with, it's very humbling. Um, because when you see that many applications of really high caliber people um, there, it, it's just, I've just walked away with the conclusion that, you know, nobody is that unique, and nobody's that special. Uh, so that's <laughs> the bad news. <laughs> but the good news is, we don't need to be unique and special and superior in order to stand out absolutely don't we don't need to elbow the next guy or the next gal out of the way in order to stand out and in order to win clients because if we know how to mind our own experience our own life experience that is shared by your potential clients, and that creates a sense of likeness, mm-hmm. which is a huge uh, source of social influence. Right? We all like other people who are like us, right? And that likeness turn into credibility, that turn into affinity, that turn into trust. You know. I have been trying to learn, for example, relearn German, and it's really hard. But I, you know, for the sixth time in the last 20 years, I'm going at it again. Oh, you've also tried to pick up a new skill. And that one that you've been trying to work on the last 10 years, right? That instantly create a bond, a sense Mm -hmm. of likeness, a sense of tribe. And if you know how to tell that story in brief and brilliant ways, um, then your clients, your 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 prospect love you for that because you seem like you're just like them. you get them. you you understand them. And mm-hmm. so that is what make us stand out, not necessarily that we are truly one of a kind, that we're truly better. Okay, so the
0: whole idea then is to just create little connections with people to show the people around us that we do have something in common.
1: Yes, yes. But there are specific uh, mechanisms to create that connection. Um, Mm -hmm. It sounds really easy and probably obvious, um, but not that many people do it well, uh, that I can tell. Um, because mm-hmm. there are these um, uh, steps that to to build a story, and that's what the book is about. Um, you don't need to be creative or uh, born a great storyteller to be ge- to be good at telling stories. Of course, those things help, but if you master these steps and tools and frameworks that I uh, cover in the book. Then even if you consider story challenged, even if you don't consider yourself creative, you too will be a great storyteller. If you, if you just understand the steps and the tools, um, you don't need to be creative. Hmm.
0: Well, I find it really interesting because, and I'm just going to use social media as, as an example, because I think we're all on social media in one form or another. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell when, to me, I can anyways, I can always tell when someone is a really great storyteller because <laughs> their social media post will will draw me in. Now I may not be able to put my finger on it and say that person is a good storyteller or I'm really connecting with this person. I might not be able to verbalize that, but I can get this feeling of, you know, I have an affinity for this person's posts Mm. or I feel like there's a connection here. I'm really interested in this person. Even if I don't know a lot about them, there'll be something about the way they say things, what they say, how they present images, That draw
1: me in. Is this the sort of thing that you're talking about? Yes. And I think you put your finger right on it is that sure, there are these steps and tools that I outlined, but it is also in the way that they tee up a short video clip, uh, tee up a, a quote. And, uh, it's, it's the way that they use, it's in their tone. It's in that manifest that, that show off their personality and their values. And, um, that even without the phys- direct physical connection, you get a sense of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes it work even if it's assisted and facilitated by technology.
0: And then is this something that we should be doing even in our more personal information? Like, as an example, you know, people that are on Instagram, I mean, you always see people that will post business items, but then they also will post some personal things. Mm -hmm. So is it suggested that we, that when we're learning how to tell these stories, that we weave this not just in business, but also in personal, because that can really draw people to us as well. I
1: think so. Now, um, with a caveat that I don't claim to be a social media expert. I'm rather a beginner, beginning student in still social media. But uh, the same principle uh, applies. You know, we are who we are, no matter how we're connected, whether it's directly in person, face to face, or through social media. Uh, the same principle uh, applies, right? We want to be connected to not just a product or the services we want to be connected to the people who are behind the product and the services and sure the professional realm um, the stories around it uh, certainly uh, is part of it but we all bring ourselves to work mm-hmm. no whether we know it or not um, so getting a sense of who that person really is, who that coach really is about, what is she like um, when she's not coaching, um, really adds the texture of that person. Now, having said that, um, there's a, I, I don't think it is a fine line. I think there's a very clear line um, of when too much is too much. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I'd always encourage, you know, I don't coach other coaches. Uh, I coach um, clients who are um, aiming for the next spotlight in their career. Um, but I encourage them to think about what is the public narrative that I want everybody to know. Mm-hmm. Now, just because this is public doesn't mean that you exclude personal aspect of it, right? Because we, you know, just discussed how important it is for um, consumers, for for our clients, to feel to be connected to who we are as a person, as as people. Um, but we need to know ahead of time um, what our public narrative is like. Because then, you know, this is what, uh you know, definitely something that is part of me to share, whether it's in person or in via social media. And then this is the part that, meh, you know, yeah, that, you know, does pertain to something. But then, you know, that's not going to be my public story.
0: Right. That makes sense. So before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses on real action steps that coaches can take to grow their business, I'd love to know a little bit about the future. (laughs) What are you excited about creating next in your business?
1: Well, uh, that's a really good and hard question. Um, Right now, my... (laughs) Uh, The crystal ball that I can look out (laughs) into or look out into uh, is really just what, um, how am I going to um, promote the book? Um, Mm -hmm. So the next two to five months, um, it's going to be a lot of um, book tours, interviews, writing articles um, and things of that nature, um, trying to get, um, you know, um, share my book with as many people as possible. Um, and, uh, and then I hope to see what that, uh, will bring, um, you know, to, to the business. And, uh, you know, certainly it, it has already added a lot of credibility and a lot of attention. Um, but I, beyond promoting the book, then I, I, once a few months, um, have have come and gone. I uh, would love to know in what specific ways that the book, um, have will have helped, uh, readers, because mm-hmm. you know you you coach, you teach, and uh, you train people the best way you can, but you never know exactly, uh, what they take away with. And how they will have used it, so that's what I'm most um, curious about in the future. And who knows, maybe there will be another book, and maybe that would be it. So I'm leaving that open. I don't have a particular goal in mind, um, but you know, again, I want to um, use this opportunity to get to know more people and um, understand how this book has uh, will have impacted them
0: you know, I want to talk a little bit now about what's working in business. So one of the things that coaches love to talk about is earning revenue. Mm-hmm. Some people love to do one-on-one coaching. That's all they want to do. And then other people like to bring in a lot of different elements into their business, whether that's writing a book or... Or going out and speaking or doing group programs. There's a whole lot of different ways to earn a living as a coach. So can you tell us a little bit about the ways that you're generating revenue in your business?
1: Well, I, um, so my, my fantasy, uh, I know it will never come true. And that's why it's fantasy. My fantasy in coaching is that one day I will not need even a website. And I will have plenty of clients. <laughs> um this is just not has not happened to me yet. because uh, 'cause I'd rather work with people than building websites and mm. SEOs and things like that. However, um uh, I from my experience at least, um really paying attention to SEO has made a big difference. And that ironically has allowed me to focus on what I love doing, which is coaching and teaching and training. Um, because if you get your SEO right, then people will find you mm-hmm. instead of you having to go find them. Right. Um, now, in terms of what is the right mix, um, I think... <sighs> So again, from my experience, it really has to do with, um, playing that balance between what's generating revenue and what makes me happy. Mm, right. Um, what makes me happy is that there is a good mix of things to do. So I am that coach that likes to coach people, give talks. Uh, do some consulting projects, write books, mm-hmm. write articles, you know, a, a variety of things. Um, what I found that is, you know, at least if, you know, the pipeline keeps coming, that, um, you know, just focus on one thing alone, which is c- coaching, uh, which is one on one consulting. Um, that makes the most, generate the most revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but i am not the kind of person that can do just one thing um that just doesn't makes me ha- doesn't make me happy right so i you know everything in life is a trade off so i um have been trading off uh revenue so that i can get the right mix of work that makes me happy
0: so what would you say that your favorite strategy is for bringing brand new clients
1: into your business. <laughs> um, well, I have two. One is when referral happens within a family or within mm-hmm. a business. Mm. Right. Right. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> oh, my colleague. Also, could you please, you know, and then you fill in the blank. And then of course, right. the answer is yes. And yes. <laughs> and that's the easiest one, right? right? That, is, um, <laughs> that is the easiest one. Um, I think um, the opposite of that, um, and then it's something that I've just begun to experience, uh, is that somehow, people found the book. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I I don't know why, but I've sort of had this image in my head that um, people will find my book mostly online. Um, But I've heard from, uh, you know, somebody from Atlanta, somebody from Hong Kong and somebody from New York city. Um, They've, you know, found my book at bookstore, like, Mm. you know, a, brick and mortar bookstores you know one (laughs) of those things (laughs) (laughs) and they found my book there and then they reached out and and so that you know i don't think i recommend that to everyone because the lead time to it is so long and it takes so much work and it takes so much investment to get there um But I think it's precisely because so much work went into it, so much investment went into it, that when there is finally feedback, people, you know, found me through these brick and mortar, old school, independent, especially bookstore. Oh, Mm -hmm. that just, that just makes my day.
0: Well, it's fun to to think about having a global impact. I think that a lot of coaches, most coaches aspire to having an impact on people far and wide. So I can I can totally understand that that's that's exciting and it's fun and it makes us feel good when people reach out from from all different places and and say that that we've made a difference in their lives.
1: I couldn't tell, I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Now, it also then goes back to your earlier point about generating revenue. Um, If you want to generate the most revenue, I don't know that writing a book is the best way to go. Um, But yes, in terms of personal satisfaction and that, you know, at least getting a sense that you are reaching far and wide. Um, you know, you're impacting people in ways that you think it's the most important and that's why you dedicated your life, your professional your career to it. I mean, that sense of satisfaction is just, um, it's, I don't know how much revenue is it's going to be equivalent to that.
0: Knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, what would you say is the first thing that coaches should do if they're interested in building their business up? or maybe even is there something that you wish you had done first?
1: I would say zero in on um, that right mix of right mix of business versus the revenue it generates um uh, it certainly t- has taken me a long time to to get to um but i think if i knew that you know i didn't like doing just one thing um then i would have tried to diversify my business mm-hmm. sooner Okay. Great.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a good tip because I know a lot of people, they think there's just one way of doing things and just to keep an open mind that there may be a lot of different things that you can, you should try and see what really feels good to you and not get bogged down in, in just one way. Yeah.
1: Oh, and sorry. One more thing, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, That I just learned, um, when not intentionally, and because it I was lucky that way, it fell on my lap. Uh, that coaches need coaches, right? Coaches need, of all people, coaches should be coached by others. Um, one is to keep your practice sharp, um, two is that you are constantly then putting yourself in the shoes of those you are trying to serve. Yeah, that's really good.
0: Esther, this has been so good. And I've learned so much in (laughs) this short amount of time so far. And I'd love to finish up now with the final five rapid fire questions. Okay. So what is one habit or skill that's helped you become
1: unstoppable? Just don't think and analyze too much. Just go do it.
0: What is one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop? Reflection. Recommend one book that's had a big impact on you, either your business or your life.
1: Oh, ah, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, uh, how about this one? Um, uh, Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow. Mm.
0: Well, I'm a slow thinker, so I may need to read that one.
1: (laughs) So
0: (laughs) Now, give us an online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. An online resource? Oh, my gosh. I'm stumped. (laughs) Can I get back to you? Absolutely. So... How can the listeners best connect with you? Can you tell us what social platforms you're on, what your website is, and how they can get your book? Uh, sure. Uh, website
1: is, uh, leadership story lab, all in one word.com. Story lab. Uh, we're on LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, if you're a Twitter user is ad leader story lab, ad leader story lab. Um, and, uh, I, my, you know, personal email and phone number it's on my website too. So feel free to reach out. And my book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, indie bookstores, um, all the major platforms, um, whether it's, brick-and-mortars indie bookstores uh, or the big mega uh, online bookstores, um, I was told uh, that there are over 40 outlets. Now, one thing I have noticed as a brand new author, um, I'm learning the business of publishing is that the prices are different. <laughs> I had no idea that the price can be different. Um, so check it out. Uh, there are more. There are plenty of ways to 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 um, to find a book.
0: Perfect. Well, I will be sure to get all of the links and all of those recommendations onto the show notes page. Esther, this has been a really great conversation, and I want to thank you so
1: much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much uh, for having me, and this is just as enjoyable for me. So thank you for the opportunity.